Welcome to the Sci-Fi Contrast with Vince and Jeff. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Sci-Fi Crunch Roast. Once again, I am Vince. With me is Jeff. Hey. And today we're going to talk about a classic uh, uh, sci-fi movie. Some would argue that it's not sci-fi. I argue that it is simply because it has aliens, it has weird tech, it has beaming, it has all kinds of crazy stuff in it. It's from 1975. It is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The screenplay was by Jim Sharman and Richard O'Brien, who coincidentally played Riff Raff. It was directed by Jim Sharman, starred, uh, along with O'Brien, Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry Bostwick. It was narrated by Charles Gray, uh, who was credited as the criminologist. Unfortunately, he passed in 2000. Rest in peace, Charles Gray. Uh, and it had cast members from the original Royal Court Theater, Roxy Theater, and Belasco Theater productions, including Nell Campbell, uh, played Columbia, and Patricia Quinn, who played Magenta. Uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to David Miller for guessing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Awesome job, Dave. And I got to say, I never in a million years thought you would get that. So, what does everybody... Oh, uh, I have I have to introduce. Uh, we have a, a, a third co-host today. Uh, my wife, Dorothy, is sitting in with us. Hello. Say, say hi. There you go. Uh, she, uh, she and another friend of ours, when we were dating, introduced me to this film. So, I thought it uh, only correct that... We bring her in and get her uh, get her ideas on this this particular film. Yeah, but you won't let me tell the funny story. I'm not letting you tell the funny story. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, they won't even hear that because it's getting cut out. Oh, good so, time. Oh, you should have left it. Nah, oh, it's not cut out yet. I cut it out in editing. Yeah. Um, All right. So um, I'm sure everyone's uh, trembling with anticipation. No, <laughs> not Tim Curry. No one gets to finish that line but Tim Curry. We have that to was tremble. what I was going to put in there. We just have to tremble until Tim Curry shows up. Uh, no, we, we, we got a limited amount of time. I, 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 really, I really don't think Tim Curry's going to show up at the house. Tim Curry, you're more wish. than welcome. My wife makes a rock and lasagna. I want to say Tim Curry is one of those actors for me that has, she has four. She? I, he. Well, <laughs> she and he. Who cares? <laughs> right. He is, uh. Four iconic roles. It's just four iconic roles. He's been in a bunch of movies, but he was in Legend, he was in This, he was in It, and he was in Clue. And just with those four movies, he has just become a legend himself. You know, I've never watched Legend. Oh, he's great. He plays Satan. Oh, I have no and doubt. His voice I mean, he's, he's amazing. A, yeah, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. So, I mean, he was in Congo, too. He, he was. was. He was a waste in Congo. Yeah, yeah they did not bring they, out the true no. Tim Curry no. in that movie. Nowhere close. Um, so interesting. I want I want to sideline really quick about Charles Gray because my first um, film that I ever saw Charles Gray in was a Bond film, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, and okay. he played Blofeld. Interesting <laughs> part about that is <laughs> Blofeld was played by like five different actors over the course of uh, James Bond in different films. So Charles Gray played him, Donald Pleasance played him, Telly Savalas. Uh, Max von Sydow, and in, in the latest iteration, Christoph Waltz, who oh. I who I personally think was one of the best Blofelds because he was a creepy mf'er. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. But uh, yeah, now, that's an so interesting that's, aside. So it was very funny because I'm used to him as Blofeld. My mom yeah. and dad really like Bond, and so growing up, I was kind of a Bond fanatic. And I'm used to him as Blofeld. I see him in this, and I'm like, "Hey, it's Blofeld." <laughs> sort of. <laughs> not yeah, really. not really. No. <laughs> 
he's he's his own guy in this one. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he takes such a backseat to um to the rest of the cast though, and just shows up, says a right. few wacky things. Then, but he's you know, got some moments. He has. Some he moments. does, and, and we'll talk about that. I, I wrote some notes on that because are you talking about when he puts his leg up and <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because he, he do does. That? No, I'm doubting myself. Does the criminologist uh, end up showing off fishnets? No. Yes, no, yes he does. Yeah, he does. He's in his wheelchair and his legs are covered. That's not the oh, criminologist. No, that's not the criminologist. That's, that's Dr. Von that's Scott. Dr. Oh, that Von is. Scott. Yeah, I no, the, the criminologist. No, he just too. gets up on his da- desk yes. and dances oh, a time warp. Okay, was that gotcha. not. It, it, I, okay. Is it just me or was that a little too much? No, I loved it. I loved all of that it. That was funny. I, I was like, come on, dude. Because he's straight the whole movie except for that one part where he's on his desk dancing to that. Sh- to that you I know, think, I think the point is we're all a little weird. Well, yes, some most than others. Yeah, I think that's the point the movie's making. Also, anyone that comes in contact with uh, Doctor Frankenfurter and that whole gang ends up getting changed. Why not him? But, Why not the criminologist? But, but did he? Did he come in contact with him? I mean, it looked like he was just reading the report from the police and everything else, that which which then begs the question: Of that course, been how did they get the report? No, you know. that they don't explain that, and that's no. how it should be. <laughs> uh, so it's very interesting. This movie was selected for preservation in the United States Film Registry uh, in 2005 yeah. by the Library of Congress, which is such a, a switch from when it first came out, when it was right? basically panned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't it have an X rating at one point? I think I don't know that. I did not see. You that. know about that? I don't think so. I know it came out in 1970. Oh, shoot. 75. 75, because yep. Rocky Horror Show came out in 1973. Right. And until we were going to do this, and I did started doing some research on it, I did not realize that the Rocky Horror Show and the Rocky Horror Picture Show were even two different things. <laughs> Much less yeah. which one came before the other. I, I was trying to find someone who really highlighted the differences between the two, but I couldn't find anything. But I'm sure they're different. Oh, there are. Somewhere. Yeah. There's a few. There's not a whole lot, but there are some. There are some differences. The lyrics at the beginning. You were mentioning the the, the lips. lips. Yeah. That okay. Let's just point that out. I think most fans would already know that it was uh, Patricia Quinn. Quinn mm-hmm. The lips, but the voice of Richard O'Brien. Which that I didn't. I didn't know that until last night. You didn't. I did not because it sounds like a female voice. Uh, you know what? I play that song all the time at work. Do you really? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> it's a great it's song. It's for sure Richard O'Brien, though. His voice is so unique. And you can listen to that, then listen to the scream he does. And I think it's the time warp when they first come in. And it's very similar. See, but even when when uh, when the lips start singing and they get into that one part where she, the, well, she, he, whatever, is like, caught in a cellular. That's like a female voice. It's a female <laughs> register. Yeah, but how many male vocalists can hit those high notes. Well, no, that's... I, I get that. I'm just saying that... <laughs> you I, wouldn't I, think of it, though. Yeah, I, I never did. You, you would mm. think that the voice goes with the mouth. Yeah, I never did. You see you see a female-ish mouth with lipstick. You presume it's female, especially from, you know, 75. Right. Um, yeah. well, and, and so you... And you hear this higher register voice. It's a female. But no, uh, indeed it's yeah, not. I grew, up with, <laughs> I grew up with glam rock, so... This, well, felt, yeah. this felt pretty natural to me. True, true. <laughs> and this, um, which is interesting because, you know, the whole glam rock scene and the punk scene and all that. Uh, the girl who did the costumes for this show claims that she was responsible for the way those those scenes looked. I mean, the glam rock came sort of before, but then it came after also. Right. 
So for a second, let's 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 talk about the song because uh, oh, okay. I've got all of the uh, references here, and so <laughs> I don't remember all the lyrics. And I didn't pull. I can pull the lyrics up. I guess well, something like when the day the earth stood still. Right, right. Well, hang on. What's the what's the name of that one? Science fiction, science. Science fiction double fiction double feature. Lyrics. You know, I've listened to this song a billion times, and I only quasi know the lyrics. I know they just start naming random stuff. They they name. One of my favorite things, they name RKO, which is yeah. just gone. It is a... Well, it, yeah, but it wasn't... Well, was it gone? I don't know if it was gone at the time that this came out, because I was born after, in, right. at the end of that decade. I don't remember. I'll have to look that up later, too. So, Michael Rennie was ill the day the earth stood still. Okay. We we, we did a review on that film, so we know where, the Michael, know where the Michael Rennie came from. Do we need to do Flash Gordon, then? Uh, Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear. That's funny. Claude, Claude Rains was the invisible he, man. He absolutely did play the yeah. invisible man in the in the movie of the same uh, name. Yeah. Uh, something went wrong for Fay Ray and King, King Kong. Kong. Uh, he got caught in a celluloid jam. Right. I don't really understand that particular reference, caught in a celluloid jam, but... I'm sure it's a I, it, reference to some movie. Well, the, I mean, these well are it's, all a, it's a reference to, to the movies. film because back then film was celluloid. So maybe oh, maybe okay. it's a literal interpretation that the movie used to jam a lot. Maybe <laughs> in the in the old <laughs> could be in the old uh, projectors. Yeah, uh, and then at a deadly pace, it came from outer space. Uh, I don't know how many. Okay. I'm sure quite a few of our uh, listeners will know. Obviously, there was a it, film called "It Came from Outer Space." Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was produ- produced in 3D from 1953, as a matter of fact. How clever is that, that you make a theme song and go, you know, I don't really feel like uh, writing lyrics. Let's just put a bunch of <laughs> movie put a bunch titles of stuff in. in. Right. Movie titles. Uh, do you have some movie titles? Okay, just start putting them together. <laughs> do they rhyme? That works. So, science fiction double feature, Dr. X Will Build a Creature. There was a yeah. film called Dr. X from 1932. Uh, see Androids Fighting Brad and Janet. That's interesting because there were no androids in this film. No, there weren't. There were aliens, but I don't think there were any androids in this film. Um, Anne Francis was the hottie in Forbidden Planet. Uh, Have you seen Forbidden Planet from 1956? One of my favorite sci-fi films. We're going to watch it at some point. It's on your, it's on your. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of my favorite films. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely, we'll definitely have to do that at some point. Um, She was smoking hot in that film. Sorry, I'm, I'm (laughs) just. I'm just saying, and if you haven't seen Forbidden Planet and you want to, I encourage you to, but keep in mind it has Leslie Nielsen in a serious role. He is not a comedian in this film, mm. so you need to be prepared for that. He's good. Yeah. He's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying most people, especially our generation, are used to seeing him in like Naked Gun and things like that. Um, yeah. That's really no. where he became like an icon. Yeah. 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 yeah no. This, so he this was, is he where... started out as a quite serious uh, uh, actor. Yeah, uh, this is where Tim Curry became an icon. Mm-hmm. This, is, this was the start. I mean, he went from this straight to Clue, and then... Yeah, yes? No, that's it. Oh, okay. He became an icon. <laughs> I was icon. waiting for more. Yeah, I'm like, like, <laughs> I, uh, Leo, I, I knew Leo G. Carroll was over a barrel, so that's a line. That's a reference to Leo Groton Carroll, uh, an actor. 
um, back was in the she day. ever actually over a barrel? Uh, he and oh, over okay. a barrel means in a helpless position or at somebody's mercy no, or being um, attacked by Donkey Kong. And he was, and it says, <laughs> well, yes, uh, I knew Leo G. Carroll was over a barrel when Tarantula took to the hills. Leo G. Carroll starred in uh, Tarantula. Which, okay. which is a, a movie about radiated, radiated it was giant tarantulas. Yeah. It's the, the classic scene the, you yeah. see that of the obviously fake. Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah. yeah. Fake tarantulas. I mean, they're not fake. They're real tarantulas. But I mean, it was good for 55. Down. That movie came out in 55. So, I mean, that was pretty good for 55. Oh, but, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Jeanette Scott uh, was in a movie called Day of the Triffids, 1962. Uh, the alien invasion menace was literally six foot tall spiky plants that that spit poison oh okay and so when i saw i saw got hot when i saw jeanette scott fight a triffid that spits poison and kills there you go Um, of course if you're at the theater and most you know you've done this right you've done the the sing-along with everything yeah where you have to go uh, movies when they saw janet instead of janet scott you have to scream janet's twat Oh, yeah, no, we yeah. didn't. You guys didn't do all these? No, well, no not, that one. not that particular one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember that particular one. I mean, maybe somebody in the theater shot it. I mean, we were in the theater, yeah. 40, 50 people. So. Uh, David Andrew, uh, Dana Andrews said Prunes gave him the runes. Uh, he was in a movie called Night of the Demon, and uh, it was based on a book, Casting the Runes. Curse of the Demon? No. Curse of the Demon? No, Night of the Demon. It was Night of the Demon. Oh, okay. But that was based on a book, Casting the Runes. So that's yeah. why I gave him the runes. And passing them used lots of skills. Again, there's it's a reference to the runes. When Worlds Collide is in here. We, we did When Worlds Collide we did do that uh, one. several that weeks one's, ago. That one's um, checked off our list. We could check the rest of these off Eventually. Later. Yeah. We got a couple um, of them. And it was directed by a guy named George Powell, as everybody knows from from that episode. And so that's why when Worlds Collide said George Powell to his bride, I'm going to give you some terrible thrills. Um, Yeah. And then it goes it goes back into the chorus again. And then it talks about RKO, which. Right. Which is the crowning line to me to work in RKO into the song. is just great. Right. Right. I'm willing to bet very few of our listeners even know what RKO is. I don't. (laughs) RKO, oh, yeah, it's yeah. A um, picture company. It's oh, a, well, okay. it started out as a radio company, and then oh, and then right. it changed. Obviously, as things uh, evolved, it uh, changed formats. Yeah, uh, RKO Pictures uh, was an American film productions company. Uh, it was a subsidiary of Radio Keith Orpheum. RKO. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Origin. Yeah, you remember? Uh, you, you might remember those those black and white stills of, of a, a giant tower RKOs written on the top. Oh. Yeah, fact, yeah, I think yeah. that tower they had is at in the, this uh, in this movie. Yeah, it's in the movie. Yeah. They they have a replica sort of variation of the RKO tower yeah. that our uh, good friend. Oh God, what is his name? Um, I don't know. I I still don't know. Yeah, me neither. Spit a name out. Oh, Rocky Horror. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch! You I waited way too long for that creature. Now you just the creature. I'm gonna creature. I'm gonna cut that. They call it the creature, but actually um, now I'm not gonna cut it because it's funny. Yeah, um, it's funny. But anyway, yeah. RKO started out yeah radio, which is why their symbol was Radio Tower, and then as time went on, they evolved gotcha. into uh, other things, and finally B movies, and then science fiction movies, and things of that nature. So. Yeah. yeah, that's RKO. So yeah, so we've got references to Day the Earth is Still, Flash Gordon, Invisible Man, King Kong. It came from outer space. There's all kinds. I mean, they just packed. Like you said, why write lyrics? Just let's just put all these just, yeah let's everything just put all these love. movies in there 
Right. I'm going to write a song that's going to have everything I love in it, too. It won't have any words connecting. It'll be like beach balls, giant fish, you know, stuff like that. Oh, and so and you can set it to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire by. Uh, that's a good Billy idea. Joel. Oh, Billy beach Joel's balls, another giant one. fish, science fiction podcast. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah, yeah. I don't like beach balls or giant fish. Never mind. Okay. So interesting at the uh, beginning there where the they had the uh, the wedding at the church. Yeah, did of you, course. Everyone in the background are the people who are going to show up yes. later on. Yep. Including Magenta and Riff Raff and and Columbia, Columbia. and Frank. Frank yeah. was the Frank was the guy right in the middle. Yeah. He was right in and the middle some of everybody. The, the guests that I don't think they named were in there too, weren't they? Um, I no, I think all the guests were human. Uh, at the wedding, and then all the guests at the at the house were Transylvanians. I think they were played by the same actors. Were they? I believe so. They could have been. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't find anything that specifically said that. But uh, again, of, they used the Royal Court Theater, Roxy Theater, Belasco yeah. Theater productions. So yeah, there was there's yeah. quite a good possibility that there's there was some mix up. One particular girl in the uh, as part of the Transylvanians who was sort of very circular shaped, the heavy set one, the very heavy set <laughs> one. Yeah, and <laughs> spherical. Spherical. She's, she's spherical. Not, she's yeah. not two dimensional. She's spherical. When, when she stood next to the skinny one, they looked like the number ten. Oh. Yes. <laughs> she's she's. In the case one you all had noticed, we are not politically correct. No. Screw that shit. She, she does <laughs> give it away at the beginning, though. Because if you don't like what we say, you can turn us off. We don't care. We're not getting paid to do this. We just do it for fun. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's uh, scientifically accurate that she resembles a sphere more yeah. than most people do. Or maybe an apple. Some of them look like a pear. It all really depends. The pear-shaped ones. Mm. Yeah. Mm, right. Pear-shaped humans. So... Uh, I don't know when I want to throw this in here. Well, the house, the house, uh, oh, that uh, was the a, Frankenstein place. Yeah. Uh, was actually, you know, uh, I'm trying to find it. My notes aren't very good. I have them on computer so I can see yeah, them right just away. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> house was called Oakley court. Uh, it's a country home near Maidenhead, Berkshire, England. And it was used in a lot of films of the hammer horror, uh, genre. Yeah. I know they kept some of the, the props, I think. I believe so. From previous films. Yeah, I believe so. They also said it was a, a pain to work in because they... Yes. Like, uh, Sarandon? Sarandon. Sarandon Susan, spent yeah, a Susan lot Sarandon. of the time sick. Yeah, because, well, there's no heating. Yeah, and she was... Uh, it was wet because it was, it was wet, dripping all the time. Freezing and, cold, yeah. Uh, she, more than anyone else, was basically in her underwear most of the time. Right. So who else? And who else is going to get sick? The sucky part is I think they made like $1.95 for this movie. And, and and none of the about? actors, really? yeah, it was a super low budget flick, and none of the actors to this day get a royalty on DVD or Blu-ray sales. Oh, really? no, that's a bit none wrong, of them. isn't it? None of them. She, yeah. Susan Sarandon, in fact, has gone on record a couple of different times as saying what bullshit it is, and I got to say, I, I agree. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah especially kind of the cult too. following that they have, and everybody plays it every right. year at Halloween. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now. I mean, I paid three ninety nine uh, last night to watch this film because I don't own it. This, this is one I haven't bought yet, um, and and they're not going to see a dime of it. You yeah. know, I I don't know what um, affects that. You know, there's there's lots of deals made every day in Hollywood um, with with actors and, and managers and everybody gets a cut of everybody else's money. So I don't know exactly what affects that. But she has gone on record of saying that, you know, they don't get any money out of the, the royalties in this budget. It's definitely so. contracts, you know, I mean, yeah, the thing is, you know, on one side, you say, man, that seems wrong. But on the other side, you say, but that's the agreement they signed. Yeah, I know. But 
you, you got to look at it also from the lens of this was 1975. Um, some of these people it was their very first movie. They might not even have act uh, uh, managers. They might have just been like, uh, you know, hey, will you do this movie? Sure, I'll do this movie. Yeah. yeah moral, <laughs> morally, it seems wrong. Morally, it does, but. Um, yeah, the legal system I mean, doesn't really I'm work on gonna, morals. It doesn't feel right. I'm not going to get into all the morals right. and everything, though, because honestly... Yeah. Hollywood has no morals. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, business in typical doesn't work on morals. Morals, it works on legal, you know, legality. Right. Yeah, that's just how it is, I suppose. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, we, we don't have to like it. Nah. It made a good movie. Yeah. It, it did make a great movie. It's a movie that we still appreciate. I tried to go see a showing of it last night. It was already sold out, but I got to see all the people in line. Is that not crazy, though, that it was sold out? I mean, it, and it sells out all the time, and they're not getting any yeah. money off of well, it. Actually, yeah. what I thought was crazier was the fact that I went up there expecting a bunch of people our age reliving some old memory, but it wasn't. It was it was people. Of, oh, yeah, you got all the young ones. There are young people yeah. going to see it. It never seems to no. stop attracting new audiences. Right. No. Heck, we were new audiences well, yeah. when we saw it. We, um, we went to a local theater here, uh, St. Andrews, with a friend of ours uh, and two, one of her kids and two of her mm-hmm. kids' friends. And, yeah. of course, we'd seen it and our friend had seen it, but her, the kids had never seen it. But they got hall, hardcore. Well, the two girls got hardcore into it. The guy was like, meh, whatever. I, yeah. I, I still to this day think he just went because the girls wanted to see it and he wanted to think, you know, make them think that he was cool. And I'm, wanted I'm to cool. See yeah. yeah. I want to see this too. But the girls got hardcore into it. I mean, they wanted to buy the little prop bags and throw the stuff <laughs> and do the whole nine yards. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, and they were young, 15, 16. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it is. It's, it's completely spanning generations and, uh, um, you know, bringing, I want to say bringing people together, but that's kind of a cliche. It, it sort of does. It, and it's kind of it inappropriate together, given the movie. <laughs> it brings together a certain, certain cliques of our society uh, that may not run into each other. You know, people who have uh, common interests, common beliefs, and then suddenly they find each other sitting inside of a, a theater. Although I don't know if that's as prevalent today as it was in the 90s, because you already have like, the internet getting people together right now. right but, in the 90s, but it's not the same not, i mean i yeah. first saw it on 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 vhs back in the 80s and yeah. uh well i guess it was the 90s and um yeah it was like 90 it's still <laughs> it still was it still wasn't you know going to the theater and and seeing it with all those people yeah is a massive massive change from watching it at home well, Most you, certainly. yeah well because you get to interact with everybody you know, while you're there to theater, you know, just kind of like going to a concert, stuff like that. You interact with everybody around you. Yeah. You know, and doing all the crazy stuff. It's a shared social experience. It is, you know. And this year, you know, he was saying that, you know, about St. Andrews doing this. They used to do it every weekend until they, you know, unfortunately had a fire and they're closed for right now doing uh, reconstruction everything. So Six Flags on oh, November yeah. 1st. Oh, I heard about this. Is did doing you? the Rocky Horror. That, the Why team November that did it. first. I think that was just the first time that they could do it because hmm. they couldn't get it in through October because of all their Fright Fest stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the, the Rock Your Picture Show screening would trump yeah. Fright Fest. Oh, it would, yeah. So yeah. The, the the group that did it at St. Andrews is going to be doing it at Six Flags. And they're oh, having that. Really? Yeah. So it's open to the first thousand people. 
to can go. You, can you imagine that for a second? Wrap your head around a, a thousand, thousand people, people. A thousand people throwing toilet paper. Right. And rice. And toast. And, and rice. Yeah. sport guns. Yeah. And, and whatever yeah. else. You know, because they're selling their prop bags and stuff like that. And the nice thing about it is that what Six Flags is doing is that all the proceeds that they're collecting is going to go back to St. Andrews to help them rebuild from the fire. Well, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Good. Especially considering St. So. Andrews was closing, the the people that originally owned it for like 32-some years were going to close it, and then somebody else bought, bought it to it, keep it yeah. open because it's such a landmark. Mm-hmm. Now this happens. So it's neat to see this uh, theater troupe, Flustered Mustard, as a matter of fact, I'll give them a plug, is, is doing this for a local. Right, yeah. A local, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is pretty cool. I yeah. saw it at a theater called St. Anthony's. Let me ask you, my, the theater I saw it at is gone. But uh, let me ask you guys: Did uh, when you first went, did they make you be, uh, act out the dog scene? No. no. Yeah, they had the virgins. They called them oh, act out okay. the dog scene. So there's a great way to get people involved who maybe didn't know it, which I didn't know what I was getting into because the first time I ever saw it was at that theater. And I for sure was one of the dogs running around the theater chasing out Rocky. They did something with the virgins, though, because the two girls that were with us and and myself, because I had never been to a, uh, a live thing. They went around asking who hadn't been to a live showing. And I was like, well, I haven't. They haven't. And they paint. They, they put V on their forehead with lipstick. <laughs> and they want to do that to me. And I'm like, no, you're not doing that to me. OK. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they didn't make them. They didn't make them act anything out or anything like that. I don't recall that. So I no. liked it though because you got you got the people involved, and that's become what it's all about is to be involved. And can you imagine walking away from a showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show and having not participated in some way, shape, or form? Uh, so, no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so this is a great way to make sure that they did it. They did participate. Maybe next time when they're not virgin, they know what to expect. Bring some toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bring some toast. Yeah. Bring some rice. Yeah. Well, you, but you can't bring that stuff in anymore. So many theaters are are, are clamping down well, on yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't they, bring yeah, any they that stuff in. They for sure didn't clamp down in St. Anthony. It was a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That's funny. Yeah. Let's see. What was the next one we were going to look at? Uh, oh, yeah. No, this is. I was going to bring this up earlier, but it wasn't quite the right time. There's there's a uh, radio program. I'm guessing it's over in England. It's called Fresh Air. Yeah, uh, Fresh Air. I thought that was on NPR. It might be. I don't really remember exactly where it was at. But the point of it is, there's a host, Terry Gross, okay, okay. of of the Fresh Air program, had Tim Curry on one day and was interviewing him, and he said that he got to meet Prince Charles and Princess Diana. So obviously, <laughs> this was years and years ago. Yeah, and they wanted they wanted. To meet him because Princess Diana loved Tim Curry in this movie. Oh, wow. Huh. Um, she requested the meeting while he was in a, a production called Love for Love that they, they had gone to. Um, and so they put him at the end of the receiving line. Prince Charles was like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember seeing you on TV. You know, no big deal. Princess Diana, however, said with a wicked smile that Rocky Horror had quite completed her education. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So. Oh, wow. Princess Diana was a horn dog. Oh, it's the royal family for you. I'm just saying. Yeah. Speaking of the well, royal family. Well, she wasn't royalty, though. She, she wasn't. Was, she was a duchess. Uh, no, not even a duchess. She was some She was some low-level yeah. quasi-royalty before she married. Okay. Married Still quasi-royalty. In. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of royalty in all its various forms, Tim Curry's voice was based off the Queen Elizabeth. Yep. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, he's he apparently went through like a her. few different voices before he came to that one. Well, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me because uh, just doing our intro for those who don't know, Jeff Jeff's yep. voice is uh, the voice of the intro. And when we recorded that, you went through quite a few iterations. Yeah, yeah, we really had to try that out yeah. before we felt comfortable with the way it sounded. So I, I can get that. Yeah, and he had a lot more time. We did that in a day. <laughs> we he did was that, doing we did that in like 15 minutes, <laughs> yeah, dude. 15, 20 minutes, yeah. Uh, Tim Curry, before he did the movie, he was doing the stage production with a lot of these other guys for a while. He had plenty of time to, to figure out his craft and figure out what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Instead, he did a German voice at one point, and I try to picture this, and I go, this movie would be completely wrong if he had stuck with that German voice. <laughs> Well, yeah, it wasn't wasn't it, Dr. Von Scott was kind of German, right? Um, so that would have been a little bit of a Von Scott. Was that a German? It's such, it sounded like an Eastern European for sure. Yeah. Well, in the, in the it could have been in the song sure. they sang around the dinner table. His oh. line was "und I did." So that's some kind of a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was his line. <laughs> Thinking about his son, right? No, or no, nephew, nephew, nephew. nephew. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, what a guy. let's see. I oh may have God. found. I may have run across a piece of information that you may not have run Uh-oh. across. Let's see if you had this one. Uh, Meatloaf uh, showed up in the stage production a few times. Oh, okay. And one time had to play Frankenfurter. Really? That's what you I know. I'd heard yeah. that. I did yeah. not Somewhere. hear that. I did not hear that. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Can, can but can you imagine, imagine Meatloaf? Right. That was, that was different. It's him and Mick Jagger was trying to get the role of Frankenfurter. Yeah. Both of these people would have made this totally different. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 Mick Jagger just. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, think Mick would have worked in mm, that role. It would have been you a know, different movie. It's so hard to say. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. Because Mick's an over the top kind of guy like Tim Curry. He is, is but. Yes. I don't, he, know. I don't it know. It would have been a different movie. It wouldn't have been oh, the for Queen's sure. voice. He would be doing his voice from all the whatever yeah. he's done. Right. He would have sounded like Mick Jagger. Well, and I think that's the biggest problem is... You're making a presumption there that I don't think we can necessarily follow. Uh, yeah, how well, you know, not knowing how well he can actually do, you know, other voices or... Yeah. you know, Or what he has done in the past. I mean, I know, he's done, a, I know he's, he's done a little bit of acting, movie. but... It's just one movie. Just one movie? Yeah, and it was a bad one. Mm. He tried to do this movie, and he tried to do... Uh, he would try to get the lead in A Clockwork Orange. Oh, my God. Oh, that would have yeah. been horrible. That, oh that one would have been horrible. There was, it might have improved it for you. <laughs> well, I don't, no, I don't think so. It's she, a whole She hates line. Clockwork Orange. It is not, oh, not one of my favorite movies. Yeah, hate, no. I know, right? Yeah, it's, it's a fucking classic movie. movie. Hate's such a strong word. I don't hate mm. it. Let's I go watch it today, I don't care for it. Let's watch it today, then. Okay. I'll take a nap. <laughs> well, that was, see? Oh, there we go. She gotcha. hates it. She has a plan, though. <laughs> she, plan. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, honey. It's, you know, <laughs> it's like when you tell me you want to watch The Shining. This, no. is marital, no. this is marital bliss. This is... this is uh, Bliss is a strong word. Oh, it's meeting. <laughs> hey. You guys are meeting in the middle. You guys are meeting. It's compromise. Uh, She'll so be in the room with you. When uh, you watch it. When when Franken when Frankenfurter activated the magnet beam to pull Doctor Scott to them, <laughs> yeah, and he crashed through the wall. That was funny. It played for laughs. It was pretty good. Did yeah. you realize that the reason he had to crash through the wall is because they did not put any doors on the laboratory set? Oh, that's funny. 
Think about no, it for a second. The only, the only way everybody came was through the elevator. Through the elevator. There were no doors okay. on the set. So they said, screw it, just make them crash through the wall. Oh, funny, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I imagine the stage production might have gone differently. They could not have done that on the stage production. Why? I mean, you can, it's easy to build a fake wall and push somebody through it. it yeah. Not just that part, though. The whole magnet thing had him rolling through the whole house. Well, you yeah, I mean, to, it would have been done differently, yeah, clearly. Yeah, you would have but. to flat, fast clip between different sets. No way they could have. Well, actually, I just nah, thought they would have done it. I think if it was me, if I was stage manager on that yeah. one, I just would he just would have rolled in from off stage. Put the well. put the magnet on one side of the stage and roll him in from the other side. Yeah. Okay, I'm starting to picture how this could work. Yeah. I mean, I it would have been. a few ways. You can also do one of those rotating uh, backdrops. You yeah. Know, and then you, have him just rolling. You could. I don't think that would have played as well. And and But scenes like that, quick change scenery, things like that from movies are always played differently in, in theater. Most certainly. So, I don't know. This was a depressing fact when I read this on IMDb. I was like, damn it, really? She missed on that? The creators of the show actually asked Susan Sarandon to be nude during the touch a touch touch me scene. Yeah. And she said no. Okay, let's look at this two ways. A, she already got sick as a dog. And now she'd even be more nude? I mean, that's just asking for it in that dank house. But second. Second. Susan Sarandon. I mean, she's hot, but it just doesn't seem like Susan Sarandon would have done something like oh, that. Oh, she was actually naked in quite a few films. Was she really? Yeah. So what was it then? I can't remember her ever being naked. I don't know why, why she why said Why can't no. I remember being naked? Well, maybe that was her first one they asked her to be naked in. And yeah, she just I think, yeah, she was really young. I think, th- I think actually this was her first film. No, no, she had a few others. I checked. Are you sure? Yeah, I checked everyone on this. And the, the big name actors like Susan Sarandon and... Um, the guy who played Brad Majors, they'd been in other stuff. Barry before. Bostwick, yes. Yeah. He's another one that I had seen in a hundred different things prior to this film, and then I watched him in this, and I'm like, holy crap, I know him. Now, Tim Curry, this is the first thing of any note he did. Um, and okay, that Richard, must be what, I was, what yeah. I was thinking of then. Richard, Patricia, Nell, I think they were all pretty much the first time they were in film was this and yeah. as far as i know the only thing i can't think of anything that any of those guys have done except for maybe the, the shock, sequel shock treatment yeah yeah but we're gonna say that that didn't happen <laughs> i haven't seen it i haven't seen it either and it's not it's just i keep they, seeing clips of it and it looks terrible the yeah. idea the idea of it's kind of neat because it's like reality television really to, yeah taking over a town which is really weird they came up with that prior to reality television even being a thing I am a I am a distinct uh, enemy of any sequels being made where a, a, a good portion of the cast doesn't return. Well, uh, a few es- of them es- came back. Especially when the main characters don't come back. And in Shock Treatment, Brad and Janet Majors, because they're married <laughs> in, this, yeah. in this sequel, right. are played by two different people. And that's just, I'm just like, seriously? Their reactions hmm. to all of the crazy, exotic crap happening around them in this film is what made the film for me. Because that's who you relate to. Most people. I, yeah. I related to Riff Raff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you're the exception. I, Most people that see this film relate to the human beings. <laughs> you're, you're an oddity. Okay. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well at least like, he said he, you know... Related to related Riff Raff. and not, you know, Frankenfurter. Right. No, it's Riff Raff. You're like, you're underneath... Uh, or Rocky. Or Rocky. You're okay. underneath the boss who's just like making you go through the paces and one day you got to rebel. And then it's you just snap. And- it's interesting how you put that. You're <laughs> underneath the boss. 
Well, in that in that <laughs> in that house is probably true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. How you put that? Oh. Um. So yeah, props. We were talking about props: rice, water pistols, newspapers, um, okay. flashlights, or cigarette lighters. For there, the there's the uh, there's a light. Uh, show there's a light over at the Frankenstein place. Yeah, there's rubber gloves, noisemakers, uh, toilet paper, confetti, toast, party hats, bells, um, a card, and uh, and plenty of costumes. And then they yeah, and then they also uh, encourage other things if you if you want to bring. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably enough. I mean, people were coming into this pl- the theater in St. Anthony's with duffel bags of crap. Right. You know, and just like oh, I'm ready for a war. And it's it's you interesting know. about that because I think I obviously haven't done exact research on this to, to make it a fact, but I think that it probably spawned uh, that kind of behavior. Uh, we went to another film uh, at mm-hmm. the Tivoli actually called um, The Room. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Oh, no, oh, The Room, the of room. course. The room. One of the greatest terrible movies ever. Yes. Quite possibly the greatest terrible movie ever because I yes. will go see that with people if they ask me. I for will sure. not go see Plan, for, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, yeah, you will. So, no. <laughs> Eventually you will. <laughs> you're going to do a sci- you're going to do a sci-fi podcast at some point. Got to Plan 9. So anyway, we went and saw The Room yeah. and uh they were giving out they were they were giving out props there. They were giving out spoons. To throw, they were giving out little footballs and uh, the what footballs else they, are good. What else were they giving good. out? Right. There was there, there was about five or six things that they were giving. Yeah, out. Yeah, well, then they gave you a, a card that had lines on it, so when oh, the yeah. character said something, you had to say something back. Right. And, uh, yeah. That oh, was I interesting. Was funny. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> I did Johnny. not hit. A, I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. I did. Oh, not. Johnny, you're our favorite customer. <laughs> That's yeah. So, God, it's horrible. That was film. a horrible so film. It's so Horrible. good. But yeah, like I said, so they give out props during that film. So I th- I, I think that uh, Rocky Horror kind of spawned that whole thing that now oh, for sure. these, oh, yeah. these other, these other None crap of these movies are, are doing that. But, None uh, of these would have happened without Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hair wouldn't have happened without Rocky Horror Picture Show, I think. Because that was kind of that was kind of trying to go along the same lines of being this clicky, midnight showing sort of film. There, there's so much. That was started by this. Right. If you believe the uh, the costume designer, Punk Style, was started by this. Mm. Yeah. I could kind of see that a little bit, yeah. Uh, in in some yes. of the stuff that Frankenfurter wore. Yeah, Sue Blaine, uh, she, she did her no research for the designs. She just kind of rolled with it and did her own thing. Um, and, yeah, she, she claims that her work inspired all of that cut fish nets, ripped up jeans mm. that became the punk rock style that we know and love today. Um, the It's funny how one set of media can influence another. Um, oh, yeah. And in this movie, part of it was influenced by magazines. Uh, specifically, the song I Can Make You a Man was influenced. Really? Yeah, it was influenced by Charles Atlas muscle ads from the 1940s and 50s. <laughs> because... Because they literally had the slogan, in yeah. just seven days, I can make you a man. Oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, Richard O'Brien also took the line, don't dream it, be it, from the back of a magazine. <laughs> so, Richard O'Brien, you genius, you. <laughs> <laughs> you plagiarizer, you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it was, only plagiarization if you don't get away with it. This was a, this was a fact that I was reading uh, last night while we were watching the film that really shocked me. Um I think everybody, 
probably understands uh, the pink triangle and, and the um, significance um, in Nazi Germany uh, that they, they, oh. made, they made gay people wear pink triangles. By, by the look oh, on his okay, face, he gotcha. didn't. <laughs> Maybe he didn't. Well, I knew, yeah. I knew that, well, Weezer informed me that it has to do with the uh, yeah. gay movement. But right. Well, yeah. the interesting fact is in Nazi Germany, they made them wear the triangle upside down, pointing down. And so the so uh, LGBTQ nation has made it a pride symbol to wear it point up. And if you look on Frankenfurter's green um, uh, surgery scrubs, he wears one right over his heart point up. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice little trivia bit there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see. What else? What else? What else? Anybody else got something? We're only at like 40 minutes, so we need to. No, we should. We should probably <laughs> talk some more. Let's do some talking. Yeah, uh, let's do that. Let's talk about the, uh, when they're driving in the car. Okay, I heard this last night, and I thought about it, and I was like, that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting, but I didn't really pay it any attention. Yeah. But flipping through all the different notes on like IMDb and uh, Wikipedia, uh, I noticed. So they're driving in the car, and you hear, it sounds like kind of talk radio, but if you listen to it, it's actually Richard Nixon's resignation speech. Yeah. 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 Well, the funny part is that it's the time is off because that speech actually took place several months prior to when this movie was set. Oh, you're blowing my mind, mind, man. Yeah. Blowing my mind. Um, (sighs) Well, it's apparently a thing with people because Richard O'Brien was forced to come out publicly and say, well, the reason that there's a disparity in the time is because Brad Majors recorded the speech and likes to play it over and over again. I I thought Richard, that's great. That's a great bit of character development. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that his response should have been: "There's a very good reason for this. Uh, the reason is shut the fuck up and get off my back. Get all this the way off I my back. To do. It's a goddamn film. Suspend but, your disbelief. Right. right? Do you think I put any thought right. into that? Yeah. Not a bit. Not a no. Bit. It does seem like something Richard or." Majors would have done. Brad Majors would have totally done that. Um, Do you think he would have done it by the end? By the end of the movie, would he cared about a Richard Nixon resignation speech? Yeah, no, Probably not. So anymore, no. No. Unless Richard Nixon was in drag. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have cared. That would have been a sight to see, by the way, but he wouldn't have cared. Uh, also, according to Richard O'Brien, it was actually Riff Raff uh, who did most of the work on Rocky. Um, and that is evidenced by Riff Raff's line, everything is in readiness, master. We merely await your word. <laughs> right. No, you get the, you get Shut the idea. <laughs> you get the idea that Magenta and Riff Raff did all the heavy lifting yeah. for everything that happened. And Quite they so. were totally in their right to come back in in the very end and their sil- silver tutus and crazy hairstyles and go, hey, Frankenfurter, up yours. <laughs> it made yeah. sense. Uh, it made sense. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Who likes meatloaf? I did once. The, the when food I was or young. the singer? Yes. <laughs> I liked him when I was young, and then I came back more recently and went and popped in Bad Out of Hell 2, and I said, What the hell did I see in this music? Bad Out of Hell was way better than Bad Out of Hell 2. Well, yeah. Eh, Most yeah. first albums are better than the second. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Richard O'Brien told Meatloaf, you know, hey, if yeah. you if you can't sing this song exactly the way it's written, it's okay. Uh, we've had a couple other people in the London cast 
tried yep. to sing it and they 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 can't get it. They just can't. Okay. So he took a look at it and he goes, "What's the problem?" Then he sang the entire song perfect without skipping a beat. <laughs> no, it was very meatloaf sounding too, right? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a. I I, I think it's I, interesting because he was in this. He was in another movie too, you know. Meatloaf. Yeah. What other movie? Fight Club. Yes, bitch, bitch tits. tits. Yeah, he was bitch tits. <laughs> I forgot all about he doesn't bitch have tits. A big acting resume, but he's got a few. <laughs> I think no. this is probably the one he should be more proud of if he's trying to impress a girl. But uh, uh, I don't know. His character died almost instantly and then was eaten by the whole staff. But he so. sang a great song. <laughs> While uh, riding a motorcycle. <laughs> did bitch tits sing a great song? Oh, no. 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 Did bitch tits come onto the scene on a motorcycle like you right. said? Yeah, no, no. Bitch tits just showed up with sweaty hugs. <laughs> Conversely, he wasn't no. on a motorcycle during the close-ups. They were pushing him around in a wheelchair. What? Yeah. Really? He was the wide shots. He was on the motorcycle, but anytime when he's really close up, yeah. he's just holding his arms out and he's in a wheelchair and they're pushing him around. Really? Yeah. Hollywood magic. Right. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. So I bet bitch gets to do that. <laughs> bitch tits could do that and he might be able to kick your ass after he's done I don't know about all that <laughs> I, he ended up he ended up joining Fight Club well yeah, yeah doesn't mean he was good at it yeah <laughs> probably fine he was good he was a good uh, oh so really kicker. quick I was, I'm looking at this and it says Sar- Susan Sarandon sometimes likes to just talk about uh, dislikes to talk about the movie because she hates the fact that none of the cast get royalties from the DVD sales maybe it's just the DVD sales maybe they get royalties from the showings from the showings maybe I don't know yeah, no, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, but that was specified, so I thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, okay. Um, um, yeah, pushed in a wheelchair. Yeah, there's that one. Uh, let's see what else. That's funny. I know. Right? This is, you know, <laughs> Susan Sarandon does all these, like, you know, kind of more family-friendly films. This is what I'm always going to remember her for. You know, yeah, it's yeah. funny. Because it's not very friendly, fam- family-friendly at all. But it was reinvented to be family-friendly. Uh, they did an entire episode of Glee on this film. Oh, no. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, mm. they did an entire episode of Glee based on this film. Mm. I yeah. don't know how I feel about that. You should see it and then feel horrible. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you but, for but, allowing me to understand this without actually seeing it. However, Just I will skip say... It and feel horrible about it right now. However, I will say that if you give me a choice between watching the Glee Rocky Horror episode and watching the 2016 Rocky Horror reinvention that was aired on TV, I will take the Glee Rocky Horror episode every freaking day. Yeah, why would they need to remake it? Because they're stupid. And they wanted money. It's not like one of those movies like Last Starfighter. We talked about that where the CG was really dated. There's nothing dated about this movie. Oh, are you kidding me? Everything's dated about this movie. It's dated in its own way, but it's not dated in such a way that it needs to be remade. Well, no, it's it's camp. It's camp and it's supposed to be. Yeah. And how it's dated is part of the uh, charm. It's part of what people go to see. Honestly, it was covering dated material when it started. It was making fun of stuff from the sixties and the, yeah, the thirties. And you know, that's very true. Uh, it lives in its space where it needs to be. This is not, this is not one of those movies that needs to be remade. And indeed they remade it in 2016. You know, you know, and not only did they remake it, they remade it on TV broadcast television. Oh, yeah, and we watched, we watched it, it and they had they actually had a female playing Frankenfurter. Yeah. 
That doesn't make sense. It, yeah, I know it. <laughs> and, it. and it wasn't that it wasn't that good either. So you're not missing anything. I, I'm telling you, I would watch the Glee episode every day before the I don't remake. think I've the ever seen the Glee episode. The 2016 remake was again. It put the whore in horrible. Okay. Yeah. It was really really bad. It was bad. It was terrible. Did you did you pick up time. on the subtle line in the movie? I picked that, up on all the subtle lines. Okay. Okay. You did? Damn. How can I how can I challenge you now? <laughs> now I want to cha- So you say shit like that. And I want to challenge you to make you prove it. Go ahead. Um my dick. God, how can I word this into a I need to word this into a uh, like a phrase, a challenge, okay. a question. Got it. Um yeah. I can't I, I can't I can't do it. I, no, you I can't. can't do it. I can't do it. I'm just I'm just gonna have to Go with my claim that I already know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Some Give me bitch. a scene. Give me a scene and um, give me just one hint about what it's hinting at. And I'll try to get it's, the it's line. It's a scene where it's the scene where uh, Frank is talking to, I believe, Riff Raff and Magenta in the lab. Okay. And he's referring to Rocky and Eddie. Hmm. No, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of what was significant about that. Um. Well, apparently, as as indicated in this scene, uh, Frank took half of Eddie's brain and put it in Rocky. I feel like I did know that at one point because that's why he was in the freezer and why he was sort of dumb at that point. Sort of. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause he was a, he was just a random delivery guy. Right. That not Magenta, he seduced, but he Columbia. Sedu- yeah. Had a relationship with. Right. And then Frank seduced him yeah. so, to get half the brain oh. to put into Rocky. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Why, there's actually a storyline behind this, right? Yeah. This wasn't just a bunch of shit thrown at the wall yeah. to see what would stick. <laughs> yeah. No, he had, he had a crazy story. Well, uh, it was mad. Yeah, was he, he was a little crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably a lot of this actually somehow related to other horror movies he had seen. It's like I'll just take that piece, and I'll take that piece, <laughs> and I'll just stitch it together like we're gonna stitch together Rocky. But that's the interesting oh. part is that he actually did stitch it together instead of, like I said, kind of just putting things in different places and hoping they stuck. There was actually dialogue in there that, that tied everything together. Well, he wasn't working at the time he wrote it, so he had plenty of time to put it together. Didn't he take like 10 years to write it, too? I, I thought I, I, thought I read that. that somewhere that I just, it just took forever. I read. I just read that he wrote it while he was out of work. Apparently, uh, Barry Bostwick was also sick during the production because of, uh, because of being in the British winter of 1974. Oh. Huh. Okay, so I got one for you. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do you know the original name of the Rocky Horror Show? Um, Notice I did not say Rocky Horror Picture Show, so we're no, going before we're, even we're the going Rocky to the Horror film. Show. We're yeah. going to the, uh, not the film, but the stage play. Yeah. The original film. You know, I read this too, but I don't remember what it was. Ooh. I did. It referred to, okay, here's a little hint. I'm surprised they haven't run across it in all this. It referred to uh, Brad and Janet. And it was making them sound like the outsiders, kind of like one of those old, one of those old uh, horror, not horror movies, but space alien movies where the space aliens arrive, and then the title is referencing 
the place they came from. Mm. No. It is not, no. Basically gave it away there. <laughs> they came from Denton. That was the original title that Richard O'Brien had for this. And then they came from Denton. They came from Denton as if, you know, yeah, like, that's not, I must not, I must have read something different or maybe right. I'm just thinking of it and it's not clicking, but because no. that doesn't sound familiar. At least they didn't call it that. Cause that's a horrible name. No, it's very <laughs> horrible. Sharman, Sherman or Sharman, whatever his name yeah, was. Yeah. I don't remember. He, he came in and said, uh, why don't we call it this other thing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it something different. Yeah. But the idea is pretty solid, though, in a way, even though it was a terrible idea. It's that the normalcy <laughs> of this world was um, was the trans, Transylvania. I'm so sorry. I'm just sitting here thinking of people sitting around the house. What should we do tonight? Hey, let's go see the midnight showing of They Came From Denton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, that's true. No, 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 right. It's not the same. <laughs> nah. It's not the same. <laughs> oh, no, my no. God. Well, yeah, they, it does paint them as the outsiders. Like, oh, they came from outer space. Like, no, they came from Denton. <laughs> they invaded our world of, like, oh, transvestitism. Yeah. Craziness with their normalcy. <laughs> right. How dare they? So it makes oh, sense. It's man. a terrible name, but it sort of makes sense. It has a, it's, it's understandable why he maybe thought of this when he was coming together with the script. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a little weird. Um, let me think. What else do I have? Oh, tech. We there, there wasn't were, a lot of tech. This, in this was movie. the reason we were going to do this movie. We we're talking about, uh, you know what? Should we even do Rocky Horror Picture Show? Is it really even a sci-fi movie? And they're like, no. We talk about tech. This has weird tech. It does. Yeah. For, the first thing that uh, the first thing that really they kind of jump into is the transducer. Well, they do the they do the magnet thing. Uh, um, yeah. That's kind of sci-fi-ish tech, I which, guess. Just really, yeah. Which one is the transducer? The transducer is the one where he engages it and it freezes them all to the floor. Oh, the sonic, yes. the sonic transducer. No. Right. No. The sonic transducer glues them to the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The medusa ray. The medusa ray turns, turns them into no. statues. Yeah, I did remember that. The, that, I don't see how that would work. Which one? The first one. The sonic transducer? Yeah. Well, according to Dr. Von Scott, we've been working on something similar for many years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Man, why? And, and why he gave him? kind of an explanation. I suppose it works on sonic blah, 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 whatever the fuck he said. I oh, don't yeah, even know. Just gibber, it's yeah. basically like Doctor Who explanation. Right, Wibbly, right. wobbly, tiny, tiny, tiny stuff. stuff that makes you stick to the floor. <laughs> I, okay, but, so but not very well because out. in one of the scenes she actually lifted her heel. Oh, ooh. yeah, yeah that was in one of the goofs. Okay, so let's see how we can figure this. You out. You dropped so, the ball, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> yeah, but you were really sick, so it's okay. It's okay. All and right. hot. Nah, okay. Fine. Anyway, okay, so let's figure this out. So we've got something that sticks you to the floor, right? No matter what you're wearing, because they were all wearing like. High heels, and the one yeah. guy was in a wheelchair. Right. So it doesn't matter what the matter nope. is. Nope. Not Whatever at all. it is, it's Which, going to stick to the floor. Well, that begs the question: Can you then take your shoes off or get out of the wheelchair, and you're fine? Except, but then once how you big? The floor, but then once you touch the floor, you stick again. Yeah, you'd have to be like underneath like it, the rope. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you yeah. can climb out. That's right. about it. It's kind of like, you know, being on the floor, then, you know. So you're saying the sonic transducer was connected to the, to floor, the floor, and when and they activated it. It keeps you, you know. Okay. Uh, okay, so this didn't, like a, didn't affect Frank. 
We'll see, but wait, what do you mean it didn't? Oh, Frankenfurter. Frankenfurter was somehow well, see, completely he wears, immune to. He wears and, special shoes. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I've got an idea of how this. He does works. wear special shoes. He does wear special mm, he shoes. He does. He's a special. Guy. He wears. He wears Spe- magic shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's probably what they made that song "The Magic Man" about. Oh, sure. Yeah, Magic Man by. Uh, yeah. Same people who did Barracuda. I can't remember the name. Heart. Of That's it. Uh, yeah, sure. It was so okay, idea. I got an idea. Let's go I got with an that. idea. So everything sticks to the floor except for for some reason Frankenfurter's magic shoes. Um, if everything sticks to the floor, that means it must be affecting things at a level where everything is the same. And uh, that means it's getting down to the smallest bits of what makes up stuff. Molecules or atoms? Atoms are smaller. Yeah, let's go with atoms. Atoms make it's up like, molecules. Yeah, we're going to even do the strings if you think the string theory is right. Yeah. Uh, but whatever it is. Now you're getting into quantum physics and it's not quite the same thing. Oh, okay. Strings aren't like things like atoms are things. Strings link things together. That's quantum theory and quantum entanglement. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, anyway, there was okay. I'm, we're not. We're not going to get. You're into getting that. off the subject <laughs> right. here. Uh, so we do takes, that often. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of our hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it takes those small things. Stay in your lane, new girl. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes those small bits of matter and makes those stick. That way, it can affect everything. Because otherwise, you're looking at different stuff or glue. But I mean, it turns off too easy to be like glue. So it so it turns. Well, now that's an interesting point because it didn't actually turn off. They stayed they stayed transducer to the floor until they medusa, and then presumably no, they were carried downstairs. Yeah, but if it was stuck to the floor, how did Frankenfurter lift them up? At some point, well, they that's had the only we it didn't off. see it. We don't yeah, know. You're right. You're right. We didn't. If see they that. were medusa, maybe the uh, transducer doesn't affect. Whatever they were turned into. Well, that would... If plaster it, if, or the whatever. Yeah, if they were turned into something that isn't... Magic shoe material. Oh, okay, there we go. It's got to be magic shoe material. That's, that's what they were turned into. That would... that If my theory is right, then it means that whatever is... Makes up uh, the smallest bits that is shared by everything somehow doesn't make up the magic shoes or the magic stone that the Medusa Ray does stuff. So that is even more mind-blowing. If we could do something where we change... Atoms into something different. That would be amazing. May all your theories be right. Sure, why not? <laughs> Let's move on to the ray guns. Uh, well, we didn't we didn't really touch the Medusa. Oh, Medusa. Yeah. Medusa ray so turns into basically stone. It does. It, it like just kind of freezes you. And but it's but really it, what it says. But it also, through some miracle of science, yeah, removes your clothes unless you're in a wheelchair. Right. Yes. That way you can. Uh, didn't quite get that. Yeah, I, I yeah didn't quite get that. I was thankful for that. <laughs> Unless you're in a wheelchair. I was thankful for that little feature. But the wheelchair feature. <laughs> yeah, the wheelchair. I did not get it, but I was How thankful for was it. That? How helpful um, was that? Yeah. Smart technology. That's what it is. <laughs> it was a smart, smart Medusa. Te- smart Medusa. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course they had the D Medusa down on the uh, stage. Yes. Because they lined yeah. them all up and dressed them all up. Which yeah. that, that begs another question: How did you dress a statue? They put. Right. They they literally put. Corsets and panties and pantyhose oh, yeah, and yeah. all the on these on these uh, the statues. pantyhose that's be the hardest yeah yeah well panties too unless they're like the panties, snap all sides the stuff or something the like legs, that yeah. right but yeah they they dressed I don't get it doesn't make any sense it was a but it weird. did it did bring us one of the, the greatest lines from Brad which help me mommy <laughs> <laughs> that was a great you, you got to well, imagine yeah. 
The other ones, when they delivered their, they delivered them well. When they he delivered, really did. Yeah, when he did, when he was unfrozen and he did his thing, you kind of got the feeling that his mind broke a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like right. after yeah. all the shit this poor dude was put through, and as much as he was like. Just, just go along with it, Janet. We'll, we'll get him on the back end or something I'm like that. So strong. Now he's strong, been, hard man. Yeah. Now he's been frozen to the floor, turned into a statue, unturned into a statue, and dressed in women's clothes. Yeah. Women's underclothes. Yeah. At this point, his mind is a bottle, it a, a bowl of Jello. Yeah. <laughs> the, fa- the, fa- the facade has been stripped away completely, and all that's left is the little boy who wants his mommy. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and and literally the the scene that comes right after that bears that out because he just jumps right in the pool and says, "Fuck it, I'm swimming." Oh yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> they all do. I'm done. I'm done. I'm swimming. Oh, orgy. Okay. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Go for it. I'm done. Well, maybe maybe he just really just jumped in the pool to drown himself, and then you know <laughs> it might have been his buoyancy kept him floating. So it he might have been. Damn it, you know. I can't die. <laughs> Uh, what about that color thing, spigot thingy that, that Frank turned on that went into the thing and made Rocky? Oh, oh, is yeah. Is that tech? Oh, what the hell it was. The concept of making a human is definitely tech. No, but the whole funny thing about that is that he's turning those spigots, you see stuff flowing out of them. Right. But yet, when Rocky gets up out of that, the case he's in, he's totally dry with no color. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, everybody True. knows when you mix all the colors together, you get white. You get white. Yeah. So that's why yeah. he made a white that's guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. You get you get flesh color. Yeah, okay. that's, that works. Nanny's <laughs> uh, yeah. bone dry. You know, there's Completely. no water to him at all. Yeah. On him. I think there's that's got more basis in our current reality though than like the ray guns do or the Medusa ray because we have figured out how to stimulate uh, cells and and make clones and do these other various things. Uh, we're probably not too far <laughs> off from. Making a man. <laughs> uh, are we going to get into cloning? Is that where we're going with this? No. We get into well, no, we don't, no. We don't no. need to get into cloning. No. We just say that they took various cells and made life. Uh, you know, or we could we could probably move forward. We're probably getting closer to being able to make a human being. Now, whether that's a great thing or not, depends on if you're Frankenfurter. Depends on if you can... Uh, custom order humans. Yeah, that would that's a scary thing, I think. Right? Yeah. I mean, if if we're getting down into cloning and we're getting down into genetic manipulation, we're we're just a hairs away from words are problem for you today, aren't they? Yeah, I haven't slept in twenty four hours. <laughs> okay, well that explains it. Have, have some more coffee. Yeah, right. I'm drinking as much as I can. Okay, but uh, we can get into riffraff's laser now. Okay, so the riffraff's laser shot out circles. No, it was lightning bolts. Oh, lightning bolts. That's right. But but it was a laser that emits a beam of pure antimatter. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is the greatest thing in the world. The theory of antimatter. Right. This concept that there is a a substance that will cancel out matter. Any matter. Any matter. At any time. And when it hits Frankenfurter, the idea of canceling just kills him. Matter doesn't go away. No. It doesn't cancel out. So that was a bunch of hogwash. So for some of our listeners that aren't quite familiar with how matter and antimatter work, um, they're, they're anti, it's an anti-material. Uh, if uh, if a bit of antimatter comes into contact with a bit of matter, they violently annihilate each other. And it's, it's not a thing that is science fiction. It actually happens. We create antimatter uh, in minute amounts in different places all over the world right now. And it does indeed violently 
if it's not maintained in a magnetic field, uh, if it touches any portion of matter, it violently annihilates itself. It explodes with massive force. Um, a very good science fiction example of this is Star Trek. Warp drives are powered by a matter and antimatter reaction. They control. Mm. They bring in. They bring matter, matter and antimatter together in a controlled uh, explosion. Ex- essentially, it's it's filtered by dilithium crystals, mm. uh, and so instead of exploding, it turns into a tuned energy stream, massively powerful, more powerful than like all of the uh, nuclear reactors on the Earth right now. And they can control that, and they funnel it through the warp coils, and that's what makes warp drive. Yeah. Um, but in reality, here at matter and antimatter, when they touch, it's just really, really, really bad. <laughs> Yeah, and we still we keep playing with it. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah, eventually we're gonna get to where we can use it for something. It's just the kind of thing human beings do. We we find something uh, potentially very destructive and go, let's poke that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so what's funny about it is, first of all, they call it a laser, which is is a coherent beam of light. There's no antimatter in a laser whatsoever. Right. But this is a laser that emits a beam of antimatter. Okay, fine. If right. you could create that, why? Yeah. Because <laughs> anything you shoot it at is going to explode and destroy you as well. Uh, good, yeah. <laughs> but it and doesn't. You, and you shot things many times. Uh, right. The Rocky, the Rocky whore. Right. Well, they killed Frank. Him. They killed uh, Columbia. And then they yeah. shot it like five or six times at Rocky. Uh, none of them really exploded. They and just it just kind of, no, down. that's the thing. It didn't. It should have. It was yeah. antimatter. They both, yeah. Columbia and, and, and Frank should have both exploded. There should time. have been bits of human, well. Transylvanian. Uh, one was human. Columbia was human. Are you sure? Yeah, she was a groupie. Um, that's a, well, it does yeah. say a groupie, but it doesn't yeah. mean, it does say human groupie. There can be yeah. Transylvanian groupies. I think the general concept. Don't be racist. Him, the general concept of her was. <laughs> She ran into to Frankie Frank Frankenfurter, and fell in love with him while Frankenfurter was on Earth. So they had the Transylvanians, and then they had these people who ran you, into him. Like, do Eddie. you have script to prove that? Of course not. Okay, she was Transylvanian. <laughs> She's not Transylvanian. I don't think She's she a Transylvanian was. groupie. Yeah, yeah. It's a fame. I can't. I don't have names of all the various people who were the Transylvanians, though. <laughs> You don't like doing this? Okay. But anyway, so so yeah, the the antimatter thing was uh, okay, a bit so her, hokey pokey. Here's the here's the only thing I can point to that might give your theory credence, and that is yeah. her lyrics during the time warp. Her lyrics during the time warp follow. Yeah. Well, I was walking down the street just to having a think when a snake of an eye snake of a guy gave me an evil wink. He shook me up, he took me by surprise, he had a pickup truck and the devil's eyes. He stared at me, and I felt a change. Time meant nothing, never would again. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that kind of lends itself to your theory. I think However, it, it requires that Frankenfurter be driving a pickup truck. Which could happen. It seems it may seem odd, because he's all in this, this house doing this thing. But initially, when he comes down, he's got to put the whole operation together. Well, no, we already established that Riff Raff and Magenta did most of the heavy lifting there. Well, right, which, a, which means Riff Raff could have been the one to pick her up. Yeah, Riff. Well, I don't think Riff Raff has that sort of skills. <laughs> 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 now, when it came Never to know. people, when it came to engineering the thoughts and actions of people, that was totally Frankenfurter's uh, yeah. skill set. Okay, I'll give you. I'll say. I'll say she might have been human. 
Yeah. And it does paint a weird picture if you imagine Frankenford driving around in a pickup truck. Well, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so yeah. it's a laser. It's That's not antimatter, but somehow it's antimatter. And yet yeah. it had no reaction as though it had, it had no so. reaction as though it were a laser either. Because no, a laser would have really. really. burned a hole through whatever it was hitting. It didn't do right. that. And indeed, it just reflected right off of Rocky. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Because he know. was the perfect man. Apparently. According to the movie, yeah. 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 So then you had the house flew away. That right. was some tech that never really. Well, the house wasn't. It. I don't think the house was so much tech because they said they were they were beaming it up. Is what they said. They so think, there was some tech involved there. Well, yeah, but yeah. They didn't the really beaming, explain the beaming how that worked. Not as no. well as they explained other stuff. Right. Uh, but yeah, see. there was some. It was it was definitely an otherly otherworldly thing. So yeah, I can't really think of any other significant tech. Um, well, some of the the other stuff was pretty humane or mundane. Like well, the Frankenfurter chased down the camera. Rocky that that whole tech wall, that whole tech wall where the Medusa was uh, and the uh, transducer was, and they had that yeah. video. They had that video monitor, which was very thin. It could almost be viewed as a flat screen. Hmm. So that was high tech, and yeah. it could switch between anywhere in the house apparently without cameras. Yeah, I do remember that. That, so was, that was kind of a yeah. yeah. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Now that is an interesting thought to get something to be able to view something without something at the location. Because right. obviously here we use cameras to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. To do it without that, without a device where you need to see, would assume probably something that you you have some level of data about that place. By other means. Uh, right. Let's say maybe... Transylvanian means. Transylvanian means. What if you could locate where every atom was in the universe? I just want to see this because this would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> locate where every atom was and then take a picture of that space. Hmm. That's... Or yeah. at least in a, a given... Because, yeah, that would be how you could do something like that. It's crazy because there's no way we could do that. No, no. Heis- Heisenberg's uncertainty principle states that that's categorically impossible. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, granted, I'm talking fact, science fact as opposed to science fiction. Well, but, you know. I mean, theoretically, yes, it's it, absolutely he- impossible. Heisenberg to... uncertainty principle also says you can't have a teleporter like Star Trek because you can't know the location of all of the atoms at any given time. Yeah. So, yeah, but yet yeah. there they have it. <laughs> yeah. So the concept that you could know where all the atoms are at any given time would also assume that you know where all the atoms are. Yes. You can't everywhere. go halfway with it. You can't go halfway because there's too many uncertainties outside of your field of vision. So you have to assume a, to do this, there has to be an edge to the universe where atoms somehow stop or so everything stops. And uh, B, You'd have to be way better at tech than we are as a race. <laughs> but it's really cool to think about that because then you could, if you knew that stuff, if you knew the direction every atom was going, and if you knew where all those atoms were you and where they came from, you could theoretically recreate anything in the past and predict anything in the future. Yeah. That's pretty neat. That's a neat thought. So this is my favorite part today yeah. because you're the music guy. Oh, okay. And this was a musical. Yes, it was. I want to hear you weigh in on the music. Okay, so Richard O'Brien put together this song, this uh, this soundtrack, and I think he was very much a genius to take this many songs and have them all be memorable is quite amazing. 
you have different styles too. I mean, he you've got that opening, uh, that opening. Um, what would you call that? It's just sort of a which one? Uh, science fiction double oh. feature. It was. It's just a theme. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's sort of a good theme. opening theme song uh, to the rockabilly sounding song that uh, that. Um, uh, meatloaf sings. Eddie sings. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Hot patootie. Yeah, and then the um, it just covers a lot of those different genres from the era that he was trying to mock, but does it so well. And now you step back from this movie and think about other musicals out there, like uh, Cats is one okay. that people sing. There's a few songs from Cats people sing on a regular basis. Yeah, but not like this. Every single song is memorable. Uh, I would argue Sword of Damocles. Oh, okay. Let's let's is not memorable yeah, at no, all. It's not. It serves um, its purpose, but you're right. That one's not great. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling up the, the song list now. Don't dream it, be it is also. I think that one's a pretty big one. I mean, it's big in the film, but it's not. People aren't going to sing it. It's not. It's not <laughs> one that people. It's not I, one that people really remember. How does it go, it? Jeff? Don't dream it, be it. Something like that. As soon as you started saying it. That's like I'd, all of it. You just sang the whole song. Just repeat that 12 or 15 times. I don't, rem- I don't even remember that song. It's the one where they're all swimming in the pool. That's the song they're singing. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and as soon as you say it. Fell asleep. it yeah. I probably did. Um, Let's see. Now, now, one that I really enjoyed the thematic structure of uh, okay. was Rose Tint My World. Wait a minute. Um. Rose Tent My World. Yeah. Columbia, Rocky, Janet, and Brad does this one. Yep. That's, I can't remember that's that the beginning of the floor show when they're all statues and then they de-medusa oh, each one. I never and they really thought about that as a different song. Mm-hmm. I just thought about that as a big opera. Rose Tent My World, keep me safe from my trouble and pain. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I really just thought that as sort of a whole one single musical piece like with a lot of different parts to it. Oh, I, I got re- you. I didn't really single that out as its own song, even though I have it here on a piece of paper looking at me. <laughs> the fanfare, don't dream it, be it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the untamed thing. I'm what going lack home. of sleep does to you. Yeah. That's exactly. I honestly, they got I'm going home as its own song, and I really looked at that as part of don't dream it, be sure. it. Sure. And wild uh, and untamed thing. Wild, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All of it. And then... uh uh, the Time Warp reprise actually kind of felt was part of that whole thing. Yeah, you can bit. do that with you can do that with an opening song, and they have a name for that that covers a lot of the themes that are going to be coming up. The overture. Why can't you have an indurture? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that? <laughs> I do it again. An indurture. An endurture. An endurture. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening right now, you were just party to history. Jeff just created the endurture. That should happen. Coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it time, is... Time, okay, so bottom line, Time Warp was the big one from this flick. Yeah. That 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 if people sing, if somebody sings Time... if so, You can walk down the street and just go, it's just a jump to the left, and yeah. like... Everybody on the street will know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I think the science fiction double feature is another one that a lot of people remember, but partly because of the song, partly because of the lips. But only if they pull off the the chorus. Only if they say science fiction double double feature. Time Warp is the biggest one, for sure. Yeah. And there's some that are less interesting, like I Can Make You a Man. Mm. That's a, It's a good song. It's a really good song. Eh. But you can't sing that to someone and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. No. no. 
Unless you're like a personal trainer. Yeah. Sweet then transvestite. Then you might be able to get away with it. Oh, well, yeah. Damn it, Janet was funny, oh, but... Oh, yeah, very memorable. Because yeah, yeah. what's well, the big thing about that one is, uh, Damn it, Janet, is where a lot of those lines got put in for the audience, audience participation. Right. Like, um, so damn it, Janet, I so love it's Screw. A, so it's a memorable song for audience participation. But yeah. for the average person who's just seen this movie, like on DVD or at a friend's house, whatever the case may be, the only memorable line out of Damn it, Janet is, Damn it, Janet, I love you. Or... Well, okay. That's it. So first off, if you're watching it on a DVD at home and that's all you're going to do in your lifetime, you're not doing it right anyway. (laughs) (laughs) There's an argument for you being correct there. However, (laughs) it still says that that's not just, that's not a very memorable song out of this. Sweet Transvestite. No, it's a very memorable song. Sweet Transvestite was, yeah. But but again, it was memorable. It's better than Damn It, Janet. Because if you've seen the movie at all, you remember Sweet Transvestite because of it's the introduction of Tim Curry's character. It's where he lays the foundation for what he's going to be for the next, you know, hour and a half or whatever it is that you're going to see him on screen. So Mm. it's designed to be memorable from that point. I'm looking at the song list right now and I'm realizing the way that I look the floor show songs. Yeah. um, I basically had in my head combined almost half the soundtrack. Ah. Yeah. Half the soundtrack to me was well, one song. That uh, I don't know. I'm a progressive. That's that's your fan. Fault. I like progressive <laughs> music. So to me, like having a music that moves through themes and changes before it gets to the end, it's just a really a normal thing. Okay. Uh, key changes, if done well, amazing thing. I was just looking up key changes the other day, and you'll see bands like the Beatles and. Uh, well, the Beatles, the only one I can remember. Penny Lane comes to mind right off the mm. end. They do it right into the chorus. And they, oh, that's a really beautiful thing. And so all these cool things are fine to me and make the ending floor show stuff make sense as one song. Because, it, it, you know, it's a very progressive sounding song if you look at it that way. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, I don't find fault with you. Uh, seeing it that way, as a matter of fact, if you if you, I just pulled up the uh, Wikipedia page for the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack. Yeah. Side two, uh, track one is "Touch a Touch a Touch Me." Yeah. So, uh, track two is Eddie. Track three is "Rose Tint My World." Three okay. A is Floor Show. Three B is Fanfare. Don't Dream yeah. It. Three C is Wild and Untamed Thing. There we go. Then they go into four, which is "I'm Going Home." Five is Superheroes, and six is uh, Science Fiction Double Feature Reprise. Okay. So you're really which, not wrong. Which, by the way, is right the, and wrong because I saw it from 15 to 21. Oh uh, well, which yeah. Is Rose tent all the way to the reprise. Which uh, what did you, what was that word you invented? Oh, um, indenture. Yeah, the, the 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 actual correct term is reprise. Reprise isn't an indenture. Well, indenture is a made up thing anyway, but <laughs> they're not the same thing. <laughs> they're not the same. A reprise is when you redo something right. in a slightly different way. Um. Like in this case, they're just doing a more melancholy version of the original song. So, so what would an enderture be? An enderture would be Besides the same or- thing as an overture, only at the end of the movie, where you do a lot of themes from the movie smashed into a single song, like the end of just, Pink Floyd: so, The Wall. So, just a little different. Yeah, just in a you're different redoing spot. it just in a little, di- just a little different. No, no, definitely different <laughs> than that, because what you're saying in a reprise, you're just redoing one song. You're oh. Funny. It is one song. An indenture is a whole f- collection fleet of, of songs. songs. Okay. Like, think, um, think, uh, the wall. Do you know? Yeah. At the very end, I know the wall quite well. Yeah, you know, at the very end, they do that 
big thing with the walking vagina and all that. Yes. Uh, you'll hear themes that popped up all the way through. He's the not movie. wrong. It was I, a walking I know, vagina. I know. It vagina. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary it's to five-year-olds. I'm yes, it is. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they'll pull themes. They pull themes from all the way through the movie uh, mixed together with that classic dun, 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 which is a theme for the whole thing. Okay. So you can almost call that an literature. I'm sure it has another technical <laughs> term. But until I remember no, what that technical term it's is, it's I'm calling it an indenture. It's great. It's an indenture. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's see. What else? Do we have anything else we need to discuss about this? Uh, not really. Dorothy's I'm, been uncharacteristically quiet. So. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing most of the talking. Well, yeah, so. we wanted we you to weigh that. in. I know. And I know I you like in. the film. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm highly caffeinated on lack of sleep. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anyway. I didn't even know if you guys are here. I don't know if I'm here. I don't know what's happening right now. You're I in think bed. You're sleeping. You I need to get up and discuss. you need to get up and go do the podcast with Vince and Dorothy. <laughs> Freaking a! I just wake dreamed. Up, I up. just dreamed I did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, this <laughs> has been fun. Again. Yeah. Um. So everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed this one. Again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, get a hold of us on Facebook. Just check us out. It is the Sci-Fi Crunch Roast. You can get us on Twitter at Crunch Roast, or you can email us, crunchroast at gmail.com. I'm Vince. This is Jeff. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you again on our next podcast with Great Antissa. Oh, just go ahead. <laughs> Patient. Just, <laughs> no one can help. You just can't let that sit in the air once it's been set. And that was Dorothy. Uh, that was, yeah. This time first it was you, now yeah. it's you. Oh, I'm well, you, you don't know how to finish your words, so nah. we have to finish them for you. <laughs> and until next time, we will see you out there. <laughs>